Welcome to the Sacred Window Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Devlin-Eck. Here at the Center for Sacred Window Studies, we explore and expand on conscious postpartum care. We navigate the overlap of caring for others and caring for ourselves. We honor the transitions, not only in giving birth, but in being alive. Welcome to the conversation. And I will never be the same. and welcome to the Sacred Window Podcast. My name is Kristen and I'm a guest host today and also a student in the Conscious Postpartum Caregiver Program at Sacred Window Studies. I'm originally from Canada and I live in Sweden with my husband, four cats, and we're expecting our first baby in 2023. I also practice Sekhem energy healing and I'm a beginner level astrologer. Today, I have the pleasure to introduce Amanda, one of my best friends for over 10 years, and who gave birth herself for the first time just over a year ago. Amanda is also Canadian and lives in Sweden. She's an artist, wife, and amazing mother to the sweetest little girl. And today we're gonna be talking about living minimally with a newborn, sustainability during parenthood, cloth diapers, and how she and her partner use their own form of elimination communication to save their baby from the discomfort of sitting in a dirty diaper, but at the same time reducing plastic waste for the planet. Welcome, Amanda, and thank you so much for being here. Hello. It's so nice to be here. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, so when your baby first arrived, um, what was your intention for how you wanted to care for your daughter in the postpartum period, and, and what was important to both you and your partner? Honestly, I didn't know. I've never been a baby person. I didn't know a lot about babies, um, but... I was just sort of gathering little tidbits uh, throughout my pregnancy and it was all very intuitive. Um, My husband had been super, I didn't even know this, but he's super anti-mess and he has two uh, much younger brothers who he helped raise and he just remembers the phenomenal amount of diapers and how much mess it was taking care of them and helping his mom out. And, uh, and so he was dreading diapers and baby messes and <laughs> even subconsciously putting off having a baby because he was dreading it so much. And um, so anything that I found and was just able to inform myself about It either spoke to me or it didn't. And I just found that anything that sort of felt like it was most in line with human and even animal nature and honoring sort of ourselves and our spirits, uh, but also that was best for the planet was really calling to me. Yeah, amazing. So you didn't do like invest a ton of research ahead of time. You just sort of went with the flow and did what felt right to you. Totally went with the flow. Yeah. As soon as I started reading about something, it either was just like, yep, that's for us or nope, not interested. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. So it was, um, you know, like living sustainably or living minimally. Is that something you do intentionally or do you guys just sort of naturally live uh, quite minimally with, with a lot, um, you know, cause I've noticed like I've been to your place and you guys are really amazing at, at you know, not having the clutter not having tons of furniture and just managing to get by with what you have. 
Mm. I think as well, like living in Sweden, Swedes are are very good at that, and and living here has made an impression on all of us. I think. Um, but uh, Sweden as a country, it's a shame that it's such a small country because the people here, they really care and they really put a lot of effort into helping the planet and 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 caring for the environment and things like that. Um, but we've also done a lot of traveling and every time you travel, you have to get rid of stuff. And uh, with each move, the amount of stuff that we've accumulated has just got less and less. And over the years, we've learned that we need less and less and every time we move we're just like we still have too much like we have way too much yeah so yeah yet again well, <laughs> you guys uh, raised your daughter in a tiny little cottage as well like, you know i've been to that place and mm-hmm. it's big it's pretty incredible what yeah it's, it's that space. 52 square meters <laughs> yeah that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> without even a crib am i right without even a crib yeah um it's uh it's really been magical, actually, having so little space and just sort of cohabiting the space that we do have so peacefully. Yeah, just the three of you just vibe together and you just have this energy that works. Like it's a, it's like a well-oiled machine. I've witnessed it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're a team. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, like just nowadays, new parents and guardians, they're just so overwhelmed with the amount of stuff they're told that baby needs. And mm-hmm. everything can just cost so much. It's super space consuming. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how did you manage this? Like, you sound like you've kind of done it pretty naturally. It came pretty easy to you. But, you know, how do you it, manage a minimal lifestyle with a baby? Yeah, it, it did come easily, but it is still difficult because you do have the influences of all the older generation and the family members and she was the first grandbaby so of course everyone wanted to spoil her and buy her all the stuff so like we had very clear intentions from the beginning that we don't want stuff we don't want to get her anything really but of course I mean people would gift her things and you'd accept them very graciously but um but I mean, that's not anything that we've held on to. We've, we've given most of it away because we still don't feel like we need stuff. And if we do have another baby, it, it's going to be even more minimalistic than our first, because even though we sort of made the intention and were, I think, comparatively to other families, we were minimalistic. We still felt like we had too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, there are sort of like basic staple things that you do need, but even sure. when you're living in that small space, like it just, it adds up so quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you just physically can't, you know, get that much stuff because you'll just be overrun. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it is, it is difficult because you do get lots. I, I will say like we were, we were around uh, my husband's family and, you know, they always like gave their advice and had you know, the way that they did things, but then they saw how we were doing things and how well it was working and they just totally changed their opinions. So like kudos to them. I, and then, you know, they talk about, especially the stuff with elimination communication, like that totally blew their minds. So then they were spreading the word to all their friends. And my mother-in-law was just like, I'm ashamed that I used diapers (laughs) on all my children. Uh, So it was really cool to see like, how how positively it affected other people and how we were able to inspire other people hopefully yeah yeah it's like a ripple effect that's amazing mm-hmm. that 
because some people, you know, they've done the same thing for decades for all their kids and their grandkids and to change is like really hard. So that's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. Get on board. Oh, yeah. And I've learned a lot about, well, I read a really good book actually on illumination communication. I think there are quite a few out there. I I read one. It, it was by, I think her name is Andrea Olson. Okay. But like our parents' generation, they were really in the thick of the advertising. Like they were subjected to the advertising from the diaper companies, yep. which perpetuated a lot of falsities. And they're still around today. Like people, people think that babies are just naturally incontinent. They're not. Mm-hmm. And like, and people think, some people think that it's cruel to put your child on a potty when they're like incapable of controlling themselves and that you're pressuring them. Like, it's not that way at all. Like if you're, if you're pressuring them, you're, you're not doing it right. Like okay. kids, kids don't want to sit in their poo and their pee like if you look at any other animal in nature that's I've worked with animals a lot in my life and worked at vet clinics and stuff like so that was something that felt natural to me like I've seen in the animal kingdom there's no other animal that naturally sits in its own excrement and diapers have only been around you know for I think I think it's around 200 years or something and disposable diapers have only been around since the 50s Mm-hmm. And every single disposable diaper that has ever been made is still on the planet because they have such a long shelf life. Like it takes so long for them to decompose. So for me, like there was no way that I was going to do the disposable route. So I started looking into cloth diapers mm-hmm. and then I just happened upon the elimination communication stuff. And that was something else that spoke to me like instantly. And then I shared it with my husband and he was like, oh yeah on board totally like that's it makes perfect sense and when you actually learn about it it does make perfect sense so yeah it's it's something that has become quite important to me actually and and I feel like I'm not an expert I'm just you know a regular person and a regular mom but I feel quite passionate about it and I don't want to like force my opinion on anyone but I I do feel like it's best for children to go that route. And it's, and it's honestly like the Western culture is the only culture in the world that uses diapers. Like this isn't, you know, a super foreign concept. It's super common in Asia and, and, and lots of other places. And it's the way that we've always done it in history until diapers came around. Yeah. yeah, So yeah. yeah, super cool. Yeah, that's amazing. So it's like, you know, because I've also read that, you know, potty training, you know, it's it's forcing the kid to do something that they're not ready for, mm-hmm. stress on yeah. them. That's not really the case, yeah. you're saying it like it's more of a communication thing where you're feeling out what the baby it's, needs. And, and Well, and it's given us so much more than that, because, because it is a communication thing. You're not putting the kid on the potty. All, well, in the beginning, they go so often that you yeah. can give them opportunities. Uh, and if they go, they go. And if they don't, they don't. But um, but it is all about communication because children naturally, they do some sort of sign and it's always different. Well, it's not always different. There are, you know, sometimes there are common ones, but uh, but every child is unique and they all communicate in a different way. But it's all about learning your child's language, which they all have before they can communicate with words. They communicate with body language. Like most of the, like the most important one is that they communicate with crying 
So that was something else that was important to us because every time they cry, it's for a reason. So we didn't want to use a pacifier or anything. So that was something else that we didn't do. But it by doing the elimination communication, we were really we were really fired up in a way to learn her language. So I mean, we didn't we went from knowing absolutely nothing. She we brought her home and she was crying. We couldn't understand a thing. Yeah. To being super in tune with her and like not only realizing and I mean we still get it wrong but it's no big deal like are you upset because you have to pee are you upset because you're tired are you upset because you've hurt yourself and those are all very distinct cries that we don't have to ask ourselves now because we know instantly the difference between them but now she's starting to use words and stuff she's almost 16 months but it was something that we picked up and so it really narrows things down like she's crying and it's like oh it's that kind of cry then I have to take her to the bathroom or oh that's a tired cry like she needs a nap so we became super in tune I think extra in tune because I think all parents will naturally pick that up but I feel like we were really trying all the time to discover her language and the ways that she was trying to communicate with us because of elimination communication. So it brought about so many more benefits for us. And we were never like people said, oh, just you wait. Like you say that you don't want to use a pacifier, but just you wait. Yeah. (laughs) But like we've never been tempted to give her a pacifier because we've always just been trying to understand what she was trying to communicate to us. And sometimes they just need comfort and that's fine too. Then you're there for them. But yeah, we just never felt like putting a pacifier in her mouth was the answer to anything. Yeah, no, that's incredible. You know, it's been beautiful for me watching this whole process because I'm about to go through it next year. So thank you, mm-hmm. the guinea pig, for all of this for me. <laughs> so, like in the beginning, okay, so you come home from the hospital you're like, you don't know, you know, what to do or how to, how to go about things. Did you start with totally. your diapers for the first week or something? Cause I've heard like, they're. I did. I did. Yeah. I, I actually, I got a, I got a pack of disposable diapers. I didn't want to put pressure on myself yeah. and I had read about elimination communication. I actually had picked my sister's brains because she'd done it with her baby. Uh, it was about 16 years prior So, um, and I think she had mentioned to me that she'd started around two or three months with her daughter. So I was like, oh, I'll aim for that. And I'll just use cloth diapers and stuff in the meantime. But I didn't want to put any pressure on myself. I got a pack of disposable diapers. I brought her home with those. And I had also got all the cloth diapers and stuff. So I was, I was totally set up, but I just wanted to make it easy on myself in the beginning Mm -hmm. and, uh, and bringing her home and using disposable diapers. That's the only time that she's ever come close to getting a diaper rash. So I was really upset with that. Like they're just not breathable, the disposable ones. And I got, I got the most natural ones that I could find plastic free and still like her brand new baby skin was already getting irritated. So I was really sad about that. So I used the disposable diapers for, I was going to use them for a couple of weeks. I think I used them for a few days and then I switched to cloth diapers. And then when she was two weeks old, I was just like, you know what? I'm home with her all the time. Anyways, I have heaps of time. I'm just going to hold her over the potty and just see what happens. And the first day that I did that, she peed twice and she pooped once. Wow. So I was totally blown away. And like, that doesn't 
that that shouldn't be what you expect the first day that you do that. But um, but I mean, babies when they're little, they're just pooping all the time. They're peeing all the time, and it's a natural position that you're putting them in when they're in a diaper. You know, they're lying on their backs or something, and that's not super conducive to things moving through their system. So when you're holding them in these you know super gut friendly positions, they're in the natural crouch position and. Our nurse in Sweden, actually, she was so ecstatic that we were doing this. And she was just fascinated every time we came in because she was just so overjoyed <laughs> seeing the positive effects on, on our daughter. And she, yeah. she said everything, everything comes in waves. So she was actually, she's been a nurse for a long time. So she said quite a few years ago in Sweden, there were, she had quite a few families and she sees so many families all the time. So she had quite a few families that were trying it and then they went, it went out of fashion or something. And she said that now we were the only family that she had that were doing it. But she said um, like, it's a real problem now in Sweden because the age that that diapers are being used for a child, it's getting later and later. So the average potty training age used to be about 18 months. And now it's between three and four years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she said uh, a lot of kids, they get constipated. Uh, a lot of them get UTIs. Pretty much every one of them gets a diaper rash at some time or another. And, um, and so she was really, really positive about us doing this. And she was just like, you know, that position that you're holding her in, that's the position you're supposed to be in. So of course, like it's going to be a lot easier for you to go when you're held in that position. So, so she wasn't at all surprised the first time I did it, that, that my daughter had had a poo the first time. Wow. And, um, and then like, I really didn't stress about it and you shouldn't stress about it as soon as you're stressing about it or like having a competition with yourself, how many pees and poos you can catch, then you should back (laughs) off. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but my husband was just overjoyed and I was too because probably in her whole life we've probably I mean you have accidents all the time and you know sometimes she's dropped in a car seat and there's nothing you can do when you're driving on the highway but um but like we've probably counted less than 15 poopy diapers her entire life and seriously every single time we clean up a poopy diaper we're just like man this is so much work how do people do this multiple times a day, every day? It blows our mind. Like we actually can't understand it. And I totally understand now why my husband was so adverse to having a baby and dealing with all these poopy diapers because (laughs) it's not fun. Like, of course, one gets used to anything. You can get used to anything. But, um, But also just, you know, just our anatomy, especially girls, we're not designed to sit in poo it's just really bad news. So, um, like one through our journey, you go, you meet the doctor and you meet the nurses. So at our three month appointment, we met the doctor. And as soon as we took her out of her diaper, we just offered her a pee. That was just our standard practice. Anytime we took her diaper off, we would just see if she needed to do anything. So we would offer her a pee. And she peed in front of the doctor and she was three months old. And the doctor was just like, what just happened? That is the no smartest baby I've ever one. seen in my life. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's just natural. Like, it's not like, you know, this is 
super crazy stuff. Like she's super intelligent or anything. She is just, you know, it's just the way that we're supposed to do things. And then we saw that same doctor again when she was a year old and she's just like, I remember this baby. This is the smartest baby in the world. <laughs> she's been using the potty since she was like two weeks old. And then, you know, we took her out and we offered her a pee and she peed again and everyone was clapping and just amazed. And, <laughs> um, but it was really cool to see like how much of an impression that had made on her. Yeah. And, wow. and she sees so many babies and, um, and also like it's given us a whole lot because any changes, like she was having some stomach issues at one point that we uh, decided was because I was eating too much dairy, but like, I was so quick to pick up on any changes because I knew her schedule and I knew what everything was supposed to look like. And I knew her language. I knew everything about her so well yeah. that as soon as something was off, I could pick up on it right away. And I feel like that was something else that elimination communication gave to me as well. Uh Wow. So like, what's your routine during the day? So do you normally like just, she comes, gets up from a nap, you offer her the potty, uh, you guys just have your, so you you just sort of naturally figured that out how many times to offer it to her during the day or? Yeah, there's guidelines. So babies are just like adults. So they're not incontinent. Uh, they don't pee in their sleep. If they wake up with a a soil diaper, it's because they've woken up even just a little bit at some point. And then the hormone um, that, that tells us that we're awake has been released and it affects your bladder and then it causes you to go. Um, So that's something that gets, you know, weak when you're older. Um, So probably I'm not entirely sure, but uh, it's probably like old people that are just like soiling themselves uh in their sleep kind of thing but um but there is something called easy catches uh the four easy catches as this book that i read described them so basically when they wake up you know anytime they wake up that hormone is going to be released and they're going to have to pee they're either going to pee right away or within like a minute um and and it gets slower and slower as their bladder gets bigger and as they develop So when they're a newborn, it's just like, wake up and like pee right away. But, um, but that was an easy catch. So as soon as they wake up from either in the night, if they're waking up in the night, they're probably going to pee. If they wake up in the morning, they're going to pee. If they wake up from the nap, they're going to pee. As soon as you change a diaper, uh, you might as well just offer it. So sometimes, uh, not all the time, but sometimes babies can learn to anticipate a diaper change. And they know that they're going to be given an opportunity. So instead of going in their diaper, they realize that it's more comfortable for them to be offered. So they wait. And as long as you're checking in with them often, like that's fantastic. Then they're not holding it for very long, but they have the ability to hold it. Some babies just don't care about going in their diapers, but some really do. So they choose to hold it instead. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, she hasn't been too fussed about going in her diapers. So that's not something that I've really experienced. She also peed like some babies pee less than others and she peed a lot. So whenever I offered her an opportunity to pee, she would go, but she would still pee in her diaper. And I was never stressed about it. I didn't ever try to catch all of her peas because it just felt like 
I mean, you are still living in a Western world where we're not living in a hut where she can just run around naked all the time, although she does spend most of her time naked. Mm -hmm. But like, if I was going to be trying to catch every single pee, like I would be offering her every five minutes and that's just not sustainable. So I never stressed about catching all the peas, but uh, catching a poo is another easy catch because they usually pause. They usually make a face. So then you can just be like, oh, they're about to poo or they're starting to poo. So just rip off their diaper and just hold them. And when you're holding them in that position, it comes out so much more easier. And then the fourth one, I believe, is whenever there's a big transition. So if you're going for a car ride, offering it before your car ride, if you're going out for a walk, offering it before you go out for a walk and things like that. Um, So even those were just the, the four things that I focused on in the beginning. But then as you get more comfortable with those, um, you start realizing that she's got a natural rhythm and it would fluctuate and change, of course, but I could sort of guess roughly when she'd be needing to go. And, um, and then you also pick up on the language that she's using as well. I know some babies um, or some parents rather, they, they teach their kids sign language. And um, uh, so that's another way to do it. I never did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I felt very in tune with her regardless. So yeah, I mean, pe- some people only do it part-time. They have to go back to work early. So then their kids are in daycare and they use diapers at daycare and then they come home and then the parents do it at home. And I think the attitude to have is if you're trying to, to do it for the planet's sake as well. I mean, even if you can cut out using just one diaper a day that adds up yeah that's just so that was cool that like the every plastic diaper ever made still exists like that's just mind-blowing it's actually it is mind-blowing yeah it's super depressing uh so that was why i chose to use cloth diapers and uh and the cloth diapers are fantastic i mean you still have to wash them but though all the ones that i have if we have another baby like i'll just use them for that baby too so and, and people sell them as well. If they're finished having, having kids, then they can sell them on to other families. I mean, you wash them really well and stuff, so they're safe to use. Um, but that is obviously a, a lot better, but you still have to wash them. I mean, that, that takes resources uh, and, and you have to wash them well. I mean, sometimes it just, they're still kind of smelly. So you do run into little bumps along the road sometimes. But for me, it was just, there was just no way that I was going to use disposables. Uh, the cloth I just found to be so much better for her skin. She had really sensitive skin and, um, and just better for me all around. So yeah, I know some people just feel like they can't cope with dealing with that. But for me, it was just super important that I did. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the cloth diapers. Um, so, you know, what made you want to use them? I guess environmental reasons, health reasons for the baby, uh, sustainability mm-hmm. reasons. Um, any other any other reasons? Like, and also, do you have any tips for those people that are a bit nervous to take this on? Because for people that use plastic diapers, you know, it seems mm-hmm. like you know they automatically assume it's going to be so much more work. It's going to be harder, mm-hmm. be super messy. Is any yeah. true? Um, what's your experience? Um, it honestly, it feels a little bit overwhelming in the beginning but you get into a rhythm so quickly and then it's no big deal. Like we had a bucket that we would use. Um, People don't recommend soaking them these days, 
because of the risk of drowning if your baby gets into the bucket. We soaked ours because we had them in a room that was always closed. She was never in there. Um, so we would just, as soon as there was a wet diaper, because we, we had no poopy diapers, basically. So as soon as we had a wet diaper, uh, we would just throw it in that soaking bucket. And then every few days I would put a load on and it was just no big deal. Um, if you're dealing with poopy diapers, you just scrape the poop into the toilet, you flush it down, you give it a little rinse and then you can soak it or let it dry. Um, so most people, they have like a setup where they just get it to dry out and then they put the wash on. And what I've since found, uh, is that, it's actually a lot better to rinse the pee diapers out and then just let them dry completely. Uh, so now I wouldn't actually use a soaking bucket anymore. That's what we did uh, previously, but you do sort of find out what works for you and what doesn't. Um, but, uh, but I mean, there's been the odd diaper that, uh, you know, just a massive, massive accident. And you're just like, I'm sorry, diaper. There's no coming back for you from this. And then you tuck it, but that, at least, you know, that it's cotton and it's going to disappear in a few yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, is that your favorite fabric to use cotton or do you sometimes use hemp? There's, there's cotton, there's hemp and there's bamboo. Um, and I mean, I think the hemp is the best. It's also the most expensive. Um, so I had a little mix. Um, after a while, I honestly couldn't really tell the difference between them. But um, the thing is with the cloth diapers is it's, it's a little bit of an investment in the beginning. I think I spent 2000 crowns getting everything, all the diaper covers and all the inserts and everything. Uh, but then the good thing is that then it's done and you don't have to get anything else. Like since then I've replaced a diaper cover or two when the Velcro started giving up. But, um, but I mean, disposables, you just, it's a phenomenal cost. And especially if you're not doing elimination communication, it's a phenomenal amount of diapers you're going through. Yeah. So I've bought my cloth diapers. Now I have them. I don't have to buy diapers at all anymore, even for another baby. So that was a huge factor for us, not only the environmental thing, but the cost. So yeah, it was, it's a, it's a little bit more work, but it's a win-win. And uh, a lot of people get blowouts and stuff with disposables. Like you might get blowouts with cloth diapers too, but generally the covers are a lot more secure uh, than disposables. So I mean, I'm sure you can still get lots of crazy accidents, but they do tend to contain things a bit better than your disposables as well. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Yeah. So the initial cost, like 2000 crowns Swedish is around, you know, two to $300, I guess, maybe Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. It is probably something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's initial investment, but then that's the only investment that you have. You're not continuously buying these things every week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, um we've gone through a lot today and thank you so much for all of your experience and sharing like yeah. all the things you guys have been doing I learned a lot today um there's so many more things we could talk about but we're running out of time so is there anything mm -hmm. you want to leave people with who are considering switching from the traditional methods to more sustainable approach like any last tips um I probably would just say to go with what feels true to you for us 
as little as possible was true to ourselves uh, when it came to sleeping arrangements, when it came to toys, when it came to clothes. Um, but that doesn't work for everyone, but you know when it's right for you and when it isn't. And everyone's going to have their own opinions. So I just think it's super important to stay true to yourself and what feels right for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks. My pleasure. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. bring something sacred to your current window of time? What do you have to offer to someone within their sacred window? We honor you for all you give and for who you are. Thank you for listening. The Sacred Window Podcast is brought to you by the Center for Sacred Window Studies. You can visit us to find out more about our online training and mentoring programs, plus resources and products for and about the Sacred Postpartum Window at www.sacredwindowstudies.com. Editing of our podcast recordings is done by Sienna Butler, and our music is written and performed by Sarah Emmett. You can hear more of Sarah's music by visiting www.sarahemmett.bandcamp.com.